This is HPR episode 1832 entitled Simplify Writing Using Markdown and Pandoc. It is hosted by BEasy and is about 21 minutes long. The summary is how I use Markdown and Pandoc in my writing workflow. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. Hi, this is B. Yeezy signing in for Hacker Public Radio once again. Uh, this time I'm going to talk about uh, how I use a couple of things in my daily work. Uh, the, the two items for the most part are Markdown syntax language and Pandoc program. And uh, actually I'm uh, doing a little something different this time. I'm recording this on my phone using the Android voice recorder just to see how it turns out. So, so far, I've made a couple little tests, and it sounds pretty good. So I'm going to use this and see how it works out. So one of the first things I want to talk about um, is the um, what, what these things are. So I use Markdown almost exclusively for all the writing that I do. And I'm going to have some links in, the, in my show notes to say um, where to find the different things uh, that I'm talking about. And I use it for taking notes and writing documents of all sorts. And then I use the program called Pandoc to convert those uh, that markdown into other formats, including ODT, DocX, and PDF. So if you go to um, the Pandoc, I mean the Markdown website, the original one, which is um, where is that? It's daringfireball.net/project/markdown. Uh, he describes Markdown as a text-to-HTML conversion tool for web writers, and it allows you to use an easy-to-read, plain-text format that you can then use to structurally convert it into XHTML or HTML. And if you ever see anything written in Markdown, you'll see why. Instead of having a whole bunch of H1 tags and U tags and U and UL tags and all those things. Everything is just written with simple, uh, readable uh, text with just a few little minor things to um, to, to f- show the converter where to where to make the highlighting and where to make the um, formatting changes. So to talk about some of the basic uh, formatting, uh, and then there's also some more advanced formatting. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with. Uh, some of those things. So before I go on to that, there's, you'll see a whole bunch of different types of markdown um, functions, and it's been extended to include GitHub flavored markdown and marked, multi-markdown to name two, but there's other ones as well. 
And if you ever go to uh, a GitHub page and you see a README file, you'll see it's written in Markdown. Um, and that's the GitHub flavor Markdown. And I've included uh, show notes to both the uh, links for the multi-Markdown and the GitHub Markdown. But the basic syntax is um, for making headings is pretty simple. There's two different ways to do it, but the most uh, generic way to do it is to use the hash symbol. And the more hashes you put in, at the beginning of a line, the 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 smaller the text is in your heading. So a single ha- um, hash is a heading one, two hashes is a heading two, three hashes heading three, so on. There's also a format where if you write the first line and then underneath the line use an equal sign underneath of it, that'll be a, a, a heading one. And then if you use a minus sign or a dash underneath of it, that's heading two. And then there is no heading three, four, five. Um, but for if you use the hashes, you can go. I've used all the way up to heading six with six um, hashes. The the next thing that I want to say is that you can do um, italics by using either an underscore in front and behind the word, or uh, asterisk in front and behind the word or so, series of words. To do bold, you do two underscores or two ha- um, asterisks for, for the text that you want um, on the front and behind it. There are some uh, other things that you can do, like hyperlinks. So to do a hyperlinks, you do bracket. Inside of brackets, you use um, you know brackets for whatever you want the plain text to view. And then just adjacent to that, in regular parentheses, you put the hyperlink. So if I want to reference Google, I would put in brackets, google.com, and then in parentheses, I would, sorry, I would, you would put Google in brackets and then right next to it you put Google.com in parentheses. For images, it's a very similar format as hyperlinks. The difference is you put a bang in front of it, so an exclamation point in front of it. So you would go exclamation point, uh, www.example.com if that's what you want to do, or you'd go, you know, image one as your alternative text. And you use www.example.com slash foo.img for your image inside the the parentheses as your link. Now, that's very useful because it doesn't just work in HTML, but it also works when you're creating documents. If you want to insert an image inside of a document, you can use the same format. Um, And that's one of the cool things about Pandoc. For tables, you um, you use pipes to delimit the the columns. But for the header column, you go, you know, heading one, pipe, heading two, pipe, heading three. And then underneath of that, you do dashes, then pipe, dashes, pipe, dashes. And that way, and if you want to, you can line them up so that it makes it look really pretty. So that when it's, when you're just looking at the text file, you can see all the columns lined up nicely. But you don't have to. That's just something for readability. I usually just use four dashes just so that I know that it's going to work. Um, unless I'm going to be presenting the, the the pure text file to someone, then I'll try to make it look prettier and try to line up the, the dashes. And then underneath of that, you do you know your first row pipe, and with pipes delimiting in between of the um, of the words uh, of the columns. And so some people they like to um, put pipes as as a as a, as a for um, to make it more readable. You can put pipes at the beginning and the end of the entire uh, line as well, so that you can have pipe and then heading one, then pipe, heading two, pipe, heading three, pipe, 
and then do the same thing with the 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 dash lines and all the lines um, after that. And it's something that you can do, but it's not required for for Markdown. Another thing is with lists, you can either have ordered lists or unordered lists. So for um, unordered lists, you either use a dash, uh, plus, or an asterisk followed by a space, and then the text that you want to write. And usually, you you leave um, well. Some some um, editors handle it differently, but to be safe, you always leave uh, a plain uh, a, a plain line in between of the text that you're writing before and where you want to start writing your, your ordered list or unordered list. So like I said, you use dashes and, and for me, I like to use dashes. And then I, when I want to go into like a, a sub list of that one, you always have to use a tab. So to make it more readable for me, I'll use pluses for my first level and then dashes for my second level and asterisks for my third level as I go tabbing in. But that, but that's not, you don't have to, all you really need is a, as a tab in between um, at the beginning, and that will show you where your um, where your your nested lists go. For order for order lists, you use a one period and then a space, and you can go two period space, three period space, four period space, but you don't have to. You can use one period space for the entire order list, and the um, editor will figure out that it's an order list and put them one, two, three, four. I like doing that because. I like to, a lot of times I think non-linearly, and so I'll write number one, and then three, and then five, and then seven, and then I'll go back and put in the ones in between, or I'll see that I forgot one and put one in between, and that way you don't have to worry about messing with the numbers and having to renumber everything as you do it. Um, so, you know, it's really helpful to, to do it that way. Uh, another thing I want to talk about is uh, the quotes and how you do code. So you can use a backtick to do like a single word. And if you want to say like press the space key, you put a backtick, then write the word space, and then a backtick. Or if you want to say press the U key, you can do a backtick, U, backtick, and it'll put it into like a mono space format. Uh, the, the other thing you can do, if you have a block of code, is that you can, you know, on a new line, you put a tab, and then you start writing the code that you want, and then keep it going down every line, every line afterwards with a with a tab in front of it. That'll keep everything in in that same mono format. For improved readability and also to get some other functionality, you can use three back ticks, and this one's called a fence code block. So with a tab, you can do a regular code block, but with three back ticks. And then on the next line, you can start writing all your text just at the beginning of the line without a tab. And then at and then at the end, you do three back takes again to say that you're done with um, with your fence block quote. The cool thing about using that is that in a lot of different editors, you can put in letters at the end of the the three back ticks and at, at, at the top, and you can specify what language that's written in. And a lot of editors will do syntax highlighting for you with that. So if you're writing something in SQL, you do backtick, 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 SQL, and then you write your select statements, and then you can, and at the end you do backtick, backtick, backtick again, and it'll format the select, and it'll format the equals and the or and the and and all that stuff. And you can, um, and it, with, with different syntax highlighting. So I've, I've used it for all types of stuff, and um, and I'll get into what I use this for in, in subsequent um 
lines. So the next thing I want to talk about a little bit is, um, is, is the quotes. So you can do, you know, regular just quotes and that works, but you can also, if you want to just quote something, you do a, I guess it's a greater than sign. On a standard US keyboard, it's the the second one in from the right shift. And then a space. And then start writing, and that'll put it into like a blocked quote. And so that's really useful mix for nice formatting for a lot of things. So those are the basics. There's other functionality you can use, uh, and depending on which of the extended formats you're using, you can have more or less of those. Um, there's ways you can do underline and cross out text and make footnotes and and make table of contents and all types of things in, in Markdown. But that's just um, the basics. Like I said, I'm leaving some links in the show notes to, say, to show you some, where to get some more information. In terms of uh, other things, the, the biggest thing I use to... to um, Translate Markdown is Pandoc. Now, there's other things that you can use if you're just going to do HTML, for instance. Uh, but Pandoc is a way that you can convert a lot of things. And if you go to pandoc.org, uh, it's described as a way to convert documents in Markdown, restructured text, textile, HTML, docbook, latex, media wiki, markup, Twiki markup, OPML, Emacs, org mode, text to tags, doc, docx, EPUB, haddock markup, and it can convert those things into HTML, uh, docx, ODT, EPUB, text info, man pages, latex, OPML, PDFs, um, and a whole bunch of other things. If you look at the website, it's, it's quite impressive the list of things that it can convert. I use Ubuntu based distros because whenever I try to use anything else, Pandoc is always um, bundled with the entire Haskell suite. So, if you want to, um, if you want to download it for Arch or for Fedora, it'll also when you say, you know, when you say Pacman S, whatever uh, Pandoc, it's going to also bring in all the Haskell libraries. So you end up downloading almost a gig of stuff to get it. Uh, so I, that's why I use Ubuntu-based distros. Uh, because it's the, I think, I think I might get it from Debian, but it's the one way you can get it where it's, um, by itself without all the dependencies on Haskell. And I probably only use like 10% of what Pandoc can do, but I still like the flexibility that if I, when I'm ready to learn more and when I want to do some more format, it's, it, it can. Um, but I use it, my typical workflow is I, I'll write documents because for my business, I'd write a lot of different types of documents, and it's the same document that I might want to use for a whole bunch of different clients. And they might want that. I might be making it for that client. And so I might take that document and just write it once and then put it in. I'll, I'll get their format, and I'll use their format, like their template, and use it. So I can have it with red headings in this one and blue headings in this one and underlines the underlines will always be gray for this client and the underlines will always be um, double underlines for this client. And, you know, some of the stuff that Ahuka has been talking about when he talks about um, his uh, Libre office stuff, I've been incorporating into the way I make my templates and using it with Pandoc. It's one of the cool things that you get from Hacker Public Radio.
but also um, the what I use, what I typically do is I, I write in Vim or another text editor. When I was starting out, I used things that had a live preview of Markdown so that I could see if I was writing the syntax right. Now I pretty much just write it in Vim because I I'm pretty sure that I got it right nowadays. And then I either take one of the templates that I already have or I'll make a new template. And you kind of have to use the templates that um, it's better to, instead of using a template that, that you just make, it's best to take the templates for every style, like the, the default template for every style that Pandoc has and modifying that one because it uses um, different uh, properties and to make sure that you have them all right. That's, uh, that's, that's what the Pandoc uh, documentation says to do. And then usually I write at the top, you can use YAML format, which is, um, which is three dashes. And then you're like author colon name, title colon the title, date colon the date. And it'll make those document properties. It'll make the title the document property title. It'll make the author the document property of author to make the date the document property of date. It's kind of cool. It does the same thing if you're writing in HTML. It'll make the, the, the metadata properties that way too. And then you can convert it. So, so I have like my own CSS, like for my website that I'll, I'll say use this CSS when you're writing it and when you're, I'm going to make write something for my website. So it's very useful to be able to use one language and not really have to worry about formatting because I hate spending time formatting documents. It's like my pet peeve. I hate doing it. And so, um, some of the stuff, um, that I use Markdown for as I use it for taking notes. Um, and then creating standard operating procedures uh, for different clients of mine. Also use it for creating user guides. So a lot of times what I have to do is I have to create a user guide for a piece of software or a workflow. And the cool thing is you can take screenshots and you can do stuff with um, I use Image Magic to um, I have like a simple script I use called Image Magic. So after I, I create my screenshots and I crop them and do everything. If I want to put it into a uh, uh, ODT or DocX format, the page is only so wide, so I use the Mogrify um, command to, and I do it for every item in that folder. I make it a fixed width or no, no wider than 600 or 650 pixels so that it'll always fit on the page. Uh, it's one of the, just one of the things I've picked up to do because I, I make so many of these things all the time. And then, like I said, I use it for um, making blog entries on my website. And then some of the tools that I use besides just using straight Vim is I I use a Retext, which is a, a, it's a live preview uh, program that you can use uh, on, I think, Windows and Linux. There's other ones that are available for Mac as well. And all you have to do is just type in Markdown on um, in the Apple Store, and you'll see lots of them. Um, and same thing in if you just go look and if you do like an AppCast search Markdown in Ubuntu, you'll see a lot of stuff too. Um, but I also use another project called Harupad. You have to go to Harupad's website. I think it's harupress.org. Um, they have another um, another tool that does and has more. It's more extendable than Retext. There's a really simple command line tool called Discount, 
which just does markdown to HTT or HTML. And I wrote a little script that using links and, and discount that turn any markdown, like on the fly, turn any markdown into uh, HTML and links. That, so while I'm in the terminal, just to make it look, see if I got the format right. Um, another thing that's a, a web-based tool, stackedit.io. It's a really, actually I'm writing this on my notes for this right now on stackedit.io. Uh, you can sync up with um, Dropbox and um, Google Docs and maybe something else. Let me see what else. Oh, and then you can post it straight to like different blogging platforms straight from stackedit.io. I've used in the past and I still use sometimes Atom and Atom has built in um, markup, markdown uh, previewer. And then some of the other things that you have to, if you want to have other functionalities, you have to download text live to get to, if you want to go straight to PDF. So if you know how to write in latex and you want to make a latex um, template, you can do that and then I'll put it directly into, into PDF that way. What I typically do is I'll write it in and I'll, I'll put it to ODT and then convert it inside of, um, inside of LibreOffice. And if I have a bunch of them, I use the S office headless command to do a bunch of it at the same time because I'm not really familiar with uh, latex like that. So, like I said, those are the things that I use um, on a daily basis. Like I said, I write every day. I write probably 95% of what I do on a daily basis for work and for at home in Markdown. Uh, and I use Pandoc for the most part to, to translate that. Or sometimes I just write it in Markdown and just read it um, one, one other tool I want to talk about, there is a Chrome slash Chromium plugin uh, that converts markdown of any page, or you can select text from any page and click the little M button, and it'll automatically translate that HTML into markdown. And I use that a lot of times. Like I, I do use Pocket, but I also, um, and I only use that sometimes, but usually what I'll do is I'll save something in the Pocket so I can later go to the website copy everything and hit that button and then put it into a text document so I can have it as, as for notes later. I do that with like man pages and how to guides all the time. But yeah, thanks everyone for uh, tuning in to my episode of Hacker Public Radio and I'll see you next time. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.